Hey guys, welcome back to Debunked. If you're here to listen to Libby's insight and all of her wonderful stories, this is not the episode for you. Um, this is a solo episode that was just really on my heart to do, so I decided to go with it. It's not going to be as long as our traditional episodes. Yes, we are still posting our monthly episode on the first of the month, so look out for that in a couple weeks. Um, quick preview, we're going to be talking all things final season, wellness, and really the holidays, because for some people, the holidays could be a really tough time, so we definitely want to touch on that. But for now, on today's first mini episode of Debunked, I am talking about birthdays, specifically my 20th birthday, which is actually today. Um, entering the 20s. Wow, it is just, I just need to take a second to let that sink in. I, I have had really mixed emotions about it. Um, yeah, so we're jumping right in, guys. I was not looking forward to it, actually. Um, for a couple months there, I would say probably from August through most of October, I was dreading this birthday. Now, if you know anything about me, my birthday is my favorite holiday. Yes, I use the word holiday for a reason. Um, I love this day. It's my favorite day of the year, but I mean, yes, it is my favorite day because it's my birthday, but birthdays in general, I love and appreciate so much because it's a special day that everyone has that we can celebrate people's individuality, people's strengths, and all the things that we love about the people in our lives. So, Birthdays for me, well, I make a big deal out of everything, but I especially make a big deal out of birthdays because we all have one day a year to celebrate the fact that we are in each other's lives or celebrate the fact that we get to live at the same time that some of our most loved ones are living too. And I think celebrating especially celebrating people and the love we have for them and all the things, you know, reminding them of all the things we love about them. It's such a gift. Um, speaking of gifts, that's a nice segue. I especially love my birthday because I am a huge words of affirmation person. Um, in case you guys don't know, that is one of the love languages. And if you haven't seen or like haven't taken the test to see what your love language is, I highly recommend it because I feel like it'll help you in so many aspects of your own, like your own personal experience with yourself, but also just your relationships and know like what needs you have and if others can fulfill those needs or not. Um, that's a little plug for the love language test, but back to what I was saying. Um, I think getting cards and letters, it's absolutely my favorite thing. 
I mean, presents are great and everything. I'm not going to deny a present if someone wants to give me a, a gift of some kind. But to me, letting me know your thoughts and feelings about me, <laughs> that's just the best. There's nothing that beats literally like a card that expresses some of your favorite memories or some of the things you love most about me. Like hearing those things, I think especially for people who don't say things like that a lot, getting those like written messages and reaffirmations, it feels so good. I don't know if y'all care about words as much as I do, but man, does it feel good. So I like one of my favorite parts of my birthday is absolutely receiving all kinds of texts, even like from distant relatives or people I only hear from on like holidays and things like that or friends from home. It's just, there's something so wonderful and comfortable and familiar and loving. And I just, I feel like the world has just wrapped me in its arms. Um, I just feel so warm and cherished and loved and man, I feel special. So to all of you who have ever helped contribute to that feeling, thank you. Um, because it is truly the best feeling in the world. Um, but anyways, I digress. That's my background and my feelings about birthdays. But like I said earlier, this is a big one. I have been on this earth for two full decades um, I wasn't looking forward to turning 20 because the 20s are just, they're scary. From a teenage perspective, it kind of like all of a sudden hit me this past August, like, I'm about to be in my 20s. Like, this is the decade where a lot of people get married, have kids, get out of college, establish themselves, even graduate from grad school, get jobs, enter the you know, corporate America, enter the real world, maybe even buy a house, buy their first apartment, whatever it is. It is like, you know, the teen years are formative in itself. And there has been so much learning and growth and reacting in these years and so much change. But holy crap, what I'm about to experience in my 20s, it's like, it's just very real stuff. I think when my roommate McKinley and I were just talking about this, actually, you're we talking about how, like, some people, like, it's normal for some people to have kids when they're, like, 21. Or, like, when we were younger, we used to say, like, oh, by the time I'm 23, I'll have my first kid or whatever. But the closer I get to those ages the more I'm aware that I am not ready for that part of my life. And as much as I'll want it one day, and I do want it for myself in the future, the older I get, the longer I feel like I can wait. Um, but just the idea of being 20 just sounded, there was, I guess, kind of some anxiety with it, um, just because it feels so big. Not that I feel like I'm getting old or whatever, um, but it feels really big. But recently, I've changed the narrative. I'm back to being excited for my birthday, and I'm having the best day ever. Um, part of that is because I'm here recording this today. Um, because 
I'm feeling all that love. And also I came to the place where I was so excited for 20 and I came to terms with the fact that there's so much I can still do as a 20 year old um, and so many things I've yet to do. So like, don't, for those of you who are approaching 20 rapidly or even approaching adulthood at 18, I had very similar feelings. Just know that as big as it seems that you're leaving your childhood or you're leaving your teen years, you can look back at those times with a lot of joy and happiness or laugh at it or whatever. But I think like when you change the narrative in your mind to just be appreciative and think of like, you know, just because I'm 18 doesn't mean I can't still, you know, insert your favorite childhood activity or whatever. I think so many of us feel this pressure to grow up, quote unquote, and I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you don't have to let go of so many things. You don't have to listen to what society says a 20-year-old should be doing or an 18-year-old should be doing. You should learn to spend time with yourself to get to know yourself and find comfort in the fact that like your age you don't have to correlate your age with pressure because if you come to a place where you're comfortable with yourself and your goals and your plan or your lack of a plan you can just be more present and more open to the idea of like wow I'm turning 18 I'm gonna be an adult now that's cool Like, instead of being like, oh my gosh, all these responsibilities are breathing down my neck, it could be just really overwhelming. And so I think the moment I changed the narrative in my head about turning 20, the moment I became so excited, fully embraced it, and even though I am the grandma of my friend group, it is perfectly okay. Because if anything, I can just show them what they have to look forward to in their 20s. One of my best friends and I had a conversation this past week. His name is Zach. I've referred to him a couple times. Um, But he requested that I mention his name this episode or any episode. So, Zach, this one's for you. You are finally getting your 15 seconds of fame on the pod. Um, Zach and I were talking about my birthday coming up this past week. And he asked me what I was going to do for myself for my birthday. And I like looked at him funny. I was like, what am I going to do for myself? And it occurred to me that like, usually I'm used to, I really love just celebrating with my loved ones and stuff, but I don't think I've ever really considered the fact that I can just do something for me for my birthday. And I didn't have an answer for him. I said, you know, maybe I'll take a little birthday walk. And he kind of laughed at me uh, because I love going on walks, especially in this fall weather in North Carolina. It is gorgeous. But anyway, he laughed and he's like, Val, you do that all the time. What are you going to do for you on your birthday? And I told him I'd have an answer for him in a few days. And Zach, if you are listening, here is your answer. I am going to record a mini episode for my podcast, which you know I cherish so deeply. It's like my child. (laughs) Um, And 
I am going to share with everyone 20 things I've learned in 20 years. I am so stoked to get into this, and I could probably do a full-length episode, but I told myself I would do a mini one, um, but we'll actually, we'll see how long it goes, but that is, here's the meat and potatoes of the podcast today. 20 things I've learned in 20 years, courtesy of the world's newest 20-something. All right, let's get started, guys. Number one. Oh, also, there is absolutely no rhyme or reason to this order. It's just how things came to my head. So, number one. You are only as good as your mental state. Obviously, this is a mental health podcast. This is a wellness podcast. This probably goes without saying. However, I don't think we really think about the fact that our performance in life is directly correlated to our mental state, whether that be amount of sleep we're getting, amount of caffeine we're drinking, and how that's affecting our brain, um, how much stress we're putting on ourselves in school, in work, in our relationships, wherever it may be. These things are all affecting our brain, our neural circuits, all of it. And I've been reading a lot about this over the past few years because I'm a total, total nerd when it comes to neuroscience. And ultimately, it took until, I want to say, middle of 2021 for me to realize that I get sick a lot, like physically sick or illnesses a lot, because of high cortisol levels. I have poor body image sometimes or a poor relationship with food because I have a poor connection or poor habits built into my brain with it. So much of our physical state of being reflects where we are mentally and it literally took me what, like 18 and a half years to even consider that. And through reading a bunch of stuff in physiology class and neuro and all sorts of other classes, I've learned the science behind it. And it's true. And also this leads me into number two. Number two is simply Pilates. Pilates will be your best friend. I'm someone who loves to work out But also, I've heard from people who don't love to work out that Pilates is literally the greatest thing they've ever done. It's made them fall in love with working out. And I've always wanted to do Pilates since I was probably in middle school. And even when people ask me what Pilates is, it's difficult for me to give them an answer. Like, Sure, Joseph Pilates has his, I don't, it's like seven. Oh, I should know this. My Pilates instructor is going to kill me. He's got like all these principles. I want to say there's seven of them. There might be five. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, there are principles to Pilates and I wish I could give you the rundown of them, but I can't. So I'll give you my rundown. Pilates fosters good mental state. It is what has helped me with my body image issues. It has helped me learn 
the power of breath work. And it is the only place where I can go that I literally forget about everything else going on in my life. It's kind of insane, but it, go it ties back to number one. You're only as good as your mental state because Pilates fosters mind-body connection. All of your physical movements are paired with very intentional breath work and mindset work. And this is all while listening to an instructor. So you just do it. Like you're just listening. You don't have to think. And it is so powerful what Pilates has done for my life. So my best advice, whether you love to work out or you hate it, give Pilates a chance. It is insanely powerful. Number three, faith is crucial to my well-being. I was born and raised Catholic. I have struggled with my connection to religion. I've had doubts. I've had confusion. But coming to college has been difficult because not a lot of people are strong in their faith here or really connected to organized religion. And I have a church I go to sometimes and some other friends who are religious, but I would say I'm by far the most. Yet at the same time, I have strayed away from it the most. And I recently started praying more and doing the things I used to do growing up. And I realized that faith is important to my well-being because it gives me hope. It gives me an outlet. It gives me somewhere to sort out my thoughts. And whether you are a believer or not, whether you are religious or not, for me, religion is a source of hope and kind of a guide to life. And I've learned that for me, it is very important um, for my day-to-day well-being to keep me at, like, to keep me where I should be, to keep me at homeostasis, if you will. Number four, change is a part of life, and it's more important to embrace it than dread it. I could go on for, <laughs> I could go on about this forever. I've hated change my whole life. Change is enemy number one. I never really viewed it as a positive thing, even though it can be, and it has been in my life. But what I realized more was that the worst thing I could do is be resistant to change. Because, as I said, change is a part of life. And if we're constantly dreading change, I, I don't think there's much growth there because I think growth comes from change and lessons learned come from change. So it's more important to accept the fact that it's going to happen and choose how we embrace it. If we take it as an opportunity to learn and grow, you're going to have a much more positive relationship with change. Number five, 
is self-explanatory. Family is everything. Family has been my rock. Family doesn't only mean blood either. I've got my family here in Chapel Hill too. It just truly is everything. And don't take calls to your mom for granted. Number six, there is no reason to apologize for who you are or change for someone else. I, coming to college, I was the most authentic version of myself. But somewhere in the mix of things, I started masking parts of myself because I didn't feel like they were as accepted um, with those I was closest to or whatever. And there was, like, no one ever said, like, no one ever made me feel bad about who I was or anything. It was completely myself, completely mental. Um, but I realized that just because someone might not understand why I love to make things a big deal, why I'm over the top and emotional and dramatic and all that, it doesn't mean I have to change that. If someone doesn't understand it, you know what? That's their problem. And like I said to one of my other best friends, Catherine, I said to her one time last year, if someone tells you that you are too much, look right back at them and say, then go find less. Number seven, you don't have control over most situations but you do have control over how you react to them. Again, this goes with change. If you embrace the fact that there are things that out of, are out of your control, you can choose to react in a way where you are learning and growing. And this ties in with number eight. You can only worry about the things within your control or else you are going to be very disappointed with how life goes. Number nine, happiness is a choice. This is another big one. One day I woke up sometime in the last year and all of a sudden I had this revelation that we don't have to be miserable. Like we do not have to put ourselves through situations that are making us miserable day in and day out. And I think some of that can come from academic pressures or whatever it may be, familiar, familial pressures even, sorry. Um, but every day we have the choice to choose happiness, to find that ray of sunshine that I talked about last episode. We choose whether we're going to look at the little bit of sunlight through the clouds or just say there's a lot of clouds, it's a cloudy day, eh and just absolutely write it off and fall into a pit of depression. Happiness is truly a choice. You you are not going to be happy unless you are actively seeking it. Nobody is going to just make it happen. Number 10. There is absolutely nothing wrong with loving yourself. And number 11, it's important to take yourself out. One of my favorite things I've done since probably, I want to say since I could drive. So like 16 years old, every couple months, 
I take myself out on a date. Realistically, every month, but it can look different. I will literally go to a restaurant myself, or I'll go get coffee and just sit and read a book or something. I make it a point to take myself out on dates because I do love myself and I don't necessarily need someone to ask me out on a date to go on a date. It is fun to take yourself out. Just being comfortable enough with being you and being with your mind and doing something you love to do. It is just like when you can do that, it feels so empowering. And like just to feel that kind of, I guess, autonomy, it's pretty neat. As someone who is pretty independent, I do like spending time with myself. Part of that is being an only child growing up, you know, with myself and my thoughts so often. I think I've really gotten to know myself. And but because of that, taking myself out sometimes and or doing things to remind myself of how much I do love myself and appreciate the things I've been through and who I am. It's really important. And I encourage you all to do that. Um, Take yourself out on a date or make a gratitude journal or write or whatever feels good. You can do it yourself. You don't need someone to have the power to give you a date or whatever. You can do it yourself. And it's so fun. And no one thinks it's awkward. The only person who would think it was awkward is you. So get over that part of your mindset and then you will really enjoy spending some good old quality time with yourself. Number 12, learn your love languages and those of your loved ones. I spoke on this earlier, so I'm not going to repeat myself, but I highly, highly encourage you to look into that. Number 13, you in fact do not have to hate your hometown, even if you once felt that you outgrew it. This is very personal to me and my story because when I, I had always wanted to go out of state for college. I knew I did not want to stay in Florida. And honestly, by the time senior year rolled around and I knew I was going off to North Carolina, I felt like I had outgrown Tampa. I felt like there was nothing left there for me except the people. But even there, I felt like I had outgrown my environment. And those feelings are natural. But something I was not expecting was missing my hometown as much as I do and also appreciating it more than ever. I kind of had this idea of, I hate Florida. I've outgrown my hometown. I'm never going back again. And boy, has that changed because now I look forward to getting on a plane and going back to good old TPA whenever I can. And I'm not even going to say there's things I took for granted because they aren't things I took for granted except for sea breeze, which is more evident than I thought it was. But um, I really thought that because I had hated it and outgrown it and all that, that I couldn't ever love it again. But here I am sitting in North Carolina and realistically after undergrad, I think I'm going back to Tampa for two years. And me about a year and a half ago would look at me now and be like, what the hell are you thinking? 
However, once I came to terms with the fact that I don't have to hate where I'm from, I can embrace it and love it because that is how I feel on the inside. Yeah, feelings change and that's okay. And my feelings about good old Tampa, Florida have changed significantly, but I think there is something for me there now. Number 14. I'm constantly too hard on myself. Um, I don't really think I have to explain this one, but especially the people who know me in my personal life, you know this is true, and you know this is the cause of my anxiety. So, yeah. Um, I don't have a solution. If you're here to find one, or if you find one, please let me know, because I don't have that answer, and I don't know how to be less hard on myself. Um, that is definitely a work in progress, but at least I've recognized it. Okay, homestretch people. Number 15, you can't change people as much as you want them to. Or as much as you want to, rather. Um, I think especially with, like, romantic relationships, it's really easy to be frustrated if people don't reciprocate feelings. And I've definitely felt this, like, growing up, especially in, like, high school age. But also realizing the fact that you can't change people. Like, nothing you do is going to change their thoughts and feelings. Because I can think about it, like, there have been a couple people I've liked where they just do, like... This is not an explicit podcast. Okay, let me think about how I want to word this. (laughs) I'll say stuff. They do the weirdest stuff, and normally it should give people the ick, right? But when you have feelings for someone, it's unexplainable. Someone once told me that love is truly unexplainable, and honestly, I believe it now because you're going to fall for the people I think you don't expect to, Um, but the worst thing you could do is expect them to change or change their feelings about you or whatever and you can't do that so try to take some comfort in the fact that you just need to be who you are and the right people will attract to you based off of what you put out into the universe number 16 growth isn't linear and definitely not as linear as I wish it would be change is something else, man. And growing is not easy. But as I've said before, even when we're growing physically, we, I mean, they're called growing pains for a reason. We might be getting taller, we might be getting more muscular, whatever the change may be. You know, sometimes there are stunts in your growth or sometimes there's growth spurts. You have to kind of apply that logic to life too. And your path is not going to be as straightforward as you want it to be. And mainly I'm saying this because I'm trying to convince myself of it. Number 17, your needs may change. This is earth shattering um, because I kind of, I guess I kind of fell into this idea that, like, I have this set of needs and this is who I am. But even in the past few years, as I'm growing, maturing, changing, my needs are changing. And 
this is a really funky one actually because I just came to terms with this. Like I just recognized that my needs are changing. But you know what? That doesn't mean you are changing as a person. Like to the core, I'm still Val. Like I'm still the same person, but I definitely need different things than I did back in high school or even a year ago. I mean, freshman year Val, it just seems so different than sophomore year Val um, in very fundamental ways. And that it's, it's good, I guess, though. Like it's, it's all good. My needs are changing, but being able to recognize that they might change and they are changing helps me better understand myself and what I, who, what and who I need to surround myself with. Number 18, boundaries are important to make, even if you're uncomfortable making them. And a little, a little comment of hope, it gets easier with time. I have always been the worst at setting boundaries. I am such a people pleaser. I want everyone's life to be easy, even if that means I take the hit. But I have put more emphasis on trying to respect myself more, I guess, and care about myself more. And part of that is being more vocal about my needs and set boundaries that will guard my heart. And every single time I've set a boundary as of late, I feel this immense wave of pride because I couldn't do the things that I've done this year, even a year ago. And it has gotten easier with time, so that is true. And boundaries are very, very important to keeping your integrity and feeling good about yourself, I think. Number 19, nothing is too small to celebrate. I am someone who loves to celebrate, honestly, the little things more than the big things. I will find a reason to celebrate anything. And there's so much good in being able to just enjoy, indulge, congratulate, celebrate, love on each other. I just the greatest thing in this world is love. And how special is it that there are people who I have in my life who I can do that with? And celebrating others, celebrating ideas, celebrating events. It's all so good. I love making a big deal out of literally everything. And celebrating is good for the soul. And it doesn't have to be massive. You can celebrate. Honestly, celebrating the small victories are it's arguably more important than some of the big stuff. And here we are, number 20. You will never have it, quote unquote, all figured out. But I don't think you would want to. Honestly, what is the fun in things always staying the same? If there's one thing about me, I am not boring. I never want to be boring. My worst fear in life is being boring, but I don't think that that's going to be an issue. I always thought that I could just have my idealistic life and just follow my merry little path. But having so many friends who have 
helped me mature and change my mindset in college. They've really encouraged me to consider the fact that I would not want to have everything figured out because there is some fun in knowing that unexpected things are going to happen, but they could be greater than you could have ever imagined. And honestly, surprises like that are so, so good. All right. With that, that is the end of my advice from a newly dubbed 20-something in today's society. This is more towards a full-length episode than I expected, so we'll call this, we'll still call it mini, I guess, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I will leave you all with this today. First of all, happy Sunday. Do something to rest and recharge. But I encourage you all to challenge your mind and challenge your mindset each and every day. Think about what that looks like in your life. And yeah, that's where I'm going to leave it, guys. I really hope you all have at least considered something new with this episode. Have some things to think about. And please share with us what are some things you've learned Um, No matter what stage in life you're in, I would love to hear what some of your greatest lessons learned are. And yeah. All right, y'all. Have a great one. Until next time, December 1st is around the corner. We have got all sorts of wellness and goodness to share. Keep following the pod on Instagram. Libby will be back next time. I love you all. Thank you for all the support. And we'll see you then.